0: 49ers cutback podcast time welcome to the show everyone i'm excited about this one we're going to be talking about the 49ers 53 man roster on the defensive side of the ball and there's absolutely been no conversation at all on twitter about anyone on the 49ers defense not at all um there's been a lot of things going on of course in 49ers land but uh i'm excited to get into this conversation about the team and how some of these players are going to look in 49ers red and gold and what this defense could ultimately look like. I think that's one of the biggest conversations to have and and welcome everyone to chat. Uh, chat is lighting up right now. So you guys, everybody welcome. Um, and this is, this is one of those episodes that I'm really looking forward to, to getting into because of some of the players that we're going to be talking about. And one of the things we're going to be talking about right away is the the defensive line. I, I, I kind of teased it last night that we're going to go ahead and we're going to start with the defensive line. We waited for the offensive line one of the positions that is the most compelling to see who is going to make the team and talk about what eric branch from the san francisco chronicle said and then go ahead and discuss it off of that and this time it's going to be about you know the defensive side of the ball and the defensive lineman and and that's how we're going to be uh how we're going to be kicking it off and then what's up mark how's it going and and what's up paul you you understand what's going on there um this is this is about the team and that's what we're going to talk about uh, and the defensive lineman. One of the interesting things about what Eric Branch did was he kept 12 defensive linemen. That's right, 12 defensive linemen. I thought 11 was a lot last year, but 12 uh, for for what Eric Branch said. And and these are the these are the names. We'll go through them. Uh, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Drake Jackson, the new rookie, Samson Ebucom, or Ebubom, as Gary would say, uh, Kamoko Teray, Jordan Willis, Charles Aminahue. Kerry Hyder, Hassan Ridgeway, Maurice Hurst, Kevin Gibbons, and rookie Kalia Davis. Those are the twelve guys that he keeps. What he ends up saying, and I know what you're probably thinking, well, who in the heck did he cut? Uh, there's only three players that he ends up cutting, and then he does in fact trade one of those players. He cuts D Ford, which all the rumors coming out are that D Ford potentially is going to get cut post June one. That, that's what's going on there. Uh, and then uh, Alex Barrett, of course, he's been spending a lot of time on San Francisco's practice squad. I think his most consistent playing time came in 2020 season with all the injuries, and he didn't look he didn't look bad. Uh, but it's definitely tough to make this defensive line spot, so Alex Barrett is gone. And then, of course, the undrafted free agent out of Fresno State, Kevin Adkins, also was one of the cuts, according to what Eric Branch had. Now, some of the things that I, first off, am looking at his number one the thing that stands out the most is kalia davis um kalia davis is um probably a guy that could end up on the pup list uh so i think that kalia davis being on this roster is a little surprising because i do believe that he's not going to be scheduled for return until late october potentially and the 49ers have real no really no motive to make him come back any sooner i but this one I don't understand for, you know, that much because him being on this roster uh, doesn't make a lot of sense for the 49ers because they could stash him on that pup list if they needed him late in the year. Bring him back. But if you don't, um, don't, you know, let this guy sit, re- um, rest, recover, red shirt him essentially, and then bring him back next year where he can compete because a lot of the defensive linemen we're about to talk about are on one year deals. And as we go through those, um, we'll discuss, you know, who's on the last year of their contract and who's going to be back and who's not. Um, So I think that's one of the things to go over. And we know that Nick Bosa of course is under contract for two more seasons. The four year exercise is fifth year option to no surprise. He'll be making a little over $16 million in 2023. So Nick Bosa is one of those guys we know we have for two years, And they're hopefully going to get him under a contract extension next year eric armstead of course you know making a lot of money over 20 million dollars to be you know a force on the 49ers defensive line feel like the defensive line took a step forward big time a step forward with armstead going ahead and moving to the interior playing defensive tackle Uh, so i think that that's something that's really good for the 49ers and those two guys are staples along this defensive line and then javon kinlaw of course Who's been dealing with injuries the last two seasons? Uh, I thought that he played pretty well as a rookie in 2020, but played significantly more snaps than I think the 49ers ever intended, or that you know he was ready to play because he's a rookie adjusting, you know, to the NFL game. And now he's going to be moving from the three tech, which he's primarily been playing, you know, in the NFL and for the 49ers, over to the nose tackle position, and he'll have a little bit of a different role there. But it's something he's not completely against. Uh, because he has done it at South Carolina. There's film of him doing it, and he can handle it. And he's just a freak of nature as far as size, speed, aggressiveness. Um, so I, I do like Javon Kinlaw being able to play next to Eric Armstead. And then, he of course, Samson Ebucom, I'm going to list him next because he's going to be the starter opposite of Nick Bosa. His improvement during the season was very uh, distinct. Everyone could see it. Uh, he was getting better and better as the season progressed, and including getting into the playoffs, I thought he did a really, really good job. So I am excited about Ebucom's potential this year. Um, So that's something that's, you know, that's going to be fun. And then uh, uh, Paul says Kinlaw got his knee. Uh, That's been bugging him since his freshman year of college fix. He should be uh, ready to tear it up. Yeah, hopefully he's going to be ready to go now. And he's been, he's been working his butt off to get back and we'll see what he looks like. And this is the year, you know, this is the year he's going to have to prove it. He's either, you know, going to stay healthy or he, you know, he's going to play to the potential of, of how he can play. So um, I'm, I'm excited. And Donald Johnson, said, did anyone hear anything on how Gray did so far at OTAs? Um, the only thing we heard really about Gray and OTAs was that he was really fast. And um, so I'll, I'll give you that. Just basically brand new saying he's fast, but no one really comment commented too much on Danny Gray. A lot of the 49ers uh, players and uh, coaches were very interesting with how they handled the media. And we'll get into that, I'm sure, at, in future episodes. But then next up is Drake Jackson, the rookie uh drake jackson is as a shoe in to be on this roster so he makes sense here he's a guy that's going to be a situational pass rusher in year one as he develops into being a you know a dominant three down uh player opposite of nick bosa and a cheap option opposite of nick bosa being pick 61 they're going to have him for four years i mean that's you know you're going to have him for four years uh the only thing about having drake jackson not be a first round pick you don't get that fifth year option like you got with Nick Bosa. So Drake Jackson makes sense. I think you know he's a shoe in. Uh Kamoko Torre, the the fact that foreigners spent so much money on him, I do believe t- Kamoko Torre is going to be on this roster as well. I agree with Eric Branch here. A speed rusher off the edge. Some of the film that he's put up of him doing the figure eight drills and working the hoops, being able to bend the corner and and get on his edges. It's it's fantastic. You go back and you watch a little bit of his handwork. Uh there can be some improvements there was what he was doing with the Indianapolis Colts but he's got a lot of potential. And the, the fact that Four ers could be cutting D Ford means you need that speed rush element. Kamoko Turei would definitely add that, especially while Drake Jackson is continuing to improve. And Jackson could be one of those guys you could slide inside and take over the Arden Key role. Uh, Jordan Willis is a guy that he believes will get traded. So Jordan Willis ends up being the odd man out in this uh, situation for Eric Branch. And that Jordan Willis gets traded. I, I think Jordan Willis would be a trade candidate if other guys beat him out, but I believe there's other guys on this list that could be as well. Um, So we'll talk about them, but Jordan Willis is a guy that often makes an impact when he's on the team. He's very talented, and I feel like he's improved over the two years that he's been with San Francisco. So I like Jordan Willis a lot, and I wouldn't count him out from making this football team. I think he would carry a lot of value around the league as a a late round draft pick, Uh, but I don't think the 49 want to move on from him because he's young, and he's a guy with a lot of potential, and you don't want to move on from those guys. So they might end up cutting somebody else or moving somebody else a little bit older. Uh Charles and uh, the came over from the Houston Texans last year at a middle of the season in a trade was an absolute you know bang up move because the guy's been fantastic. And I thought the move at the time went under the radar, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan go ahead and bring in a player that can help an already stacked defensive line, which I'm sure had a lot of people shaking their heads. Like, why why are we getting another defensive lineman? That's not what we need. We need a cornerback. You know, we need uh, a a running back. We need a different position. We need help in these other areas. And the 49ers, you know, stuck to what they do and they found a lot of value in a defensive lineman that has the potential to play on the outside and the inside. Uh so he could be also tasked with that Arden key role. We could see in a, you know, expanded role for Charles Aminihu. So I'm I'm kind of excited about that. I'm excited about Charles Aminihu and I'm excited about uh, Jordan Willis and uh, Lou says too much talent on the D-line trade Ebucom. I, I just can't get there with you, Lou. I, I know you want to trade Ebucom. You want to save that $6.5 million. I just don't think you trade starting edge rushers in this league. And that's what Ebucom is. He proved last year he's a starter opposite Nick Bosa. And in fact, if, you know, eventually Drake Jackson could potentially take that spot. Um, but right now Samson, Ebucom's a young player with a lot of athletic ability and some developing potential. But what he did prove last year Was that he can play all three downs he plays superb against the run he was able to set the edge keep his outside arm free and make tackles on the outside so i think that Ebucom is one of those guys that often gets missed go back to some of those playoff games and you'll see samson Ebucom running down plays on the opposite side of the field going down the line of scrimmage and attacking these running backs those are things that you don't always notice, uh, but those hustle plays don't go unnoticed by Chris Kassarek. So I'm excited about Samson Ebucom, So I can't go with, there with you, Lou. Uh, I get what you're doing, but I, I do enjoy having Ebucom. And I think one of these other guys would be you know, more more likely to be moved, including the next guy on the list um, is Kerry Heider. Uh Kerry Hyder is a guy that Eric Branch has in, making the team. And I think this is where me and Eric Branch kind of go our separate ways. I think Kerry Hyder might be the, an odd man out. I think as you're looking to keep maybe an extra offensive lineman and keeping nine there, uh, I think Kerry Hyder could get um, kind of moved out because of Drake Jackson and what he's going to be able to do. Uh, so I think Kerry Hyder could be on his way out. Uh, if he, does, you know, If one of these guys don't suffer an injury, he's also 31 years old. Being at that age amongst these young cats who are really doing it at a high level, Uh, he's, he's just, you know, one of the guys that could be going. So, um, and Lou says, where was he during the regular season? He was getting better, Lou. I mean, that's where Ed was. He was getting better. He had to, he had to completely switch positions when he was with the Los Angeles Rams. He was playing a three, four outside linebacker, which meant he spent time at the line of scrimmage, but he never put his hand in the ground. I mean, one of the things, one of the first things he said in training camp was he had to learn to not think, not read and just go. Uh, that is a different philosophy and a different thing that you have to get used to. So it's a different mindset and that's something he had to learn. And he had to get better at his pass rush moves when he was playing outside linebacker. It was more like a blitz situation for him. There was occasions where he did it in a different way, but I thought the improvement from beginning to end was, was rapid. And that's really what you're looking for, right? Is the development from beginning to end. And if he doesn't come out and prove it this year, then Lou, you would be right. You know, he maybe didn't get it done in time, but uh Samson Ebicom had a had a nice year last year, and I thought you came on at the wrong, the right time. The right time was playoffs. That's what you want. Guys that are gonna close it, get it done in the in the biggest moments. And I felt like uh Ebicom did a, a very good job. And then next up is Hassan Ridgway, and I'm I'm in full agreement here. Hassan Ridgeway should make this roster. I believe they brought him in to be, you know, behind Javon Kenlaw at the nose tackle position. He's great against the run has some ability, you know, in the past at times, but really this is a first and second down guy, a run stopping option and a nice rotation piece to have on the inside and a real improvement over Contavious street. So if you have a guy that can improve over Contavious street, uh, you make sure you keep him on the roster. And I believe that's part of the reason the Forty ers defensive line could be better than last year is they improved the depth along the way. Not only are they developing in some areas and getting better, but also they brought in guys to add extra depth that are actually better than the depth pieces last year. And Hassan Ridgeway over Contavia Street is a huge upgrade. Uh, Street was a guy that's still developing, and I hope he has you know a, a good season for New Orleans, except for when they play the Niners. But I really am cheering for Contavious Street, a guy who dealt with a lot of injuries. So I'm hoping that he's going to be able to have a good uh, good year and, and turn his career all the way around. He had three sacks. I'm expecting a little bit more from Ridgeway, and I think the 49ers are as well. Um, And then Maurice Hurst and i think maurice hurst is a bubble guy um i'm gonna go ahead and agree with with branch that hurst makes the team because he's a three tech with some versatility but he's also a better pass rusher so he's going to have the ability to get after the quarterback on all three downs and his lateral quickness was on display last year in training campus he was really making poor aaron Banks struggle at times because he was just able to get around him with rapid quickness and using his hands uh, the way you're supposed to so I do really like Maurice Hurst. I think he has an opportunity to make this team. And I think after the injuries, he has a lot to prove. So he potentially could make this roster. And then, of course, Kevin Givens is the other guy. And I think Kevin Givens will make this team. I think he's one of the ones that 49ers are very comfortable with the development that he's you know, had over the recent years. And I think they're excited about his potential on the inside. And, um, I, and then Lou said, how many do we have on the edge? Well, we've got Nick Bosa. That's one. We got Drake Jackson, two, Ebucom three, Kamoko Ture, four, Jordan Willis, five, Charles Aminahue six. Um, so six guys on the inside would be what I would believe it would be. And then after that, you would have Ridgeway, Hurst, Givens, um, and Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw on the inside. So five on the inside, six on the outside, 11 defensive linemen. That is a very solid number right there. Uh, and in that situation, the, the guy on the way out is Kerry Hyder. whether you cut him or you trade him, uh, it, it doesn't matter, but he's going to be competing against, you know, some really, really good young players. And he might ultimately win. Kerry Hyder is no slouch by any means. Kerry Hyder's is a very good football player who produced mightily for the 49ers in 2020. Uh, but the 49ers have made a trend towards going towards younger guys. I think Kerry Hyder came in to ensure that they had the right guys. But the additions of Drake Jackson and Kamoko Torrey after Kerry Heider, uh means he could be expendable. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I really struggle to say that because I like Kerry Hyder a lot. I think he's a really good football player, and I think you match him with Chris Casserik, and it's always good times, right? Uh, I I think so. I, I think he does a really good job for Chris Casserik, and and Kisarek would really like it. And and uh, what's up, JLE? How's it going? Uh, welcome to chat. Um, and now we're gonna get to linebackers, and linebackers uh, could be the easiest uh, of the defensive uh, positions to go over as far as the fifty-three man roster. Because the top three are absolutely fantastic. Now, we do know we got some information regarding Aziz Alshire, regarding Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. Both of them are injured. Uh, Flanagan Fowles dealing with knee tendonitis, which normally would not make me nervous, uh, except for our, I do remember a lot of players last year suffering from knee tendonitis, including Jalen Hurd. And we know how that one really cuts me deep. Uh, so I, I'm hoping that Demetrius Flanagan Fowles will be ready to go when we get to training camp. I believe he can be but aziz al shire had surgery on his shoulder and his knee they expect him to be back for training camp but that could slow him a little bit early on we'll see how he's you know if he's back to normal and back to to getting after it but this linebacker core of fred warner of course dre greenlaw aziz al shire so we're in full agreement with eric branch oren burks and demetrius flanagan fouls or who he ends up going with those are the five guys And let's go through the guys that he cut and see if there's anyone that we believe uh, should be on this roster. Uh, Curtis Robinson, uh, Jeremiah Gamel, the undrafted free agent out of North Carolina, Segun Alubi, uh, the undrafted free agent, Marcelino McCrary Ball, um, who's an interesting one because he's the guy that's translating from safety to linebacker. Um, So that's something to keep in mind as well. But it seems like all those guys could be, uh, practice squad potential players. So to me, that list makes sense. I'm in full agreement with Eric Branch, with Warner, Greenlaw, Alshire, Burks, and Flanagan Fowles. Because Burks and Flanagan Fowles, and what's up, Shooter? How's it going? Uh, Green, uh, uh, Burks and Flanagan Fowles are excellent special teams players. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. So if you're going to make this roster over those two guys, and they both can run, you're going to have to play at a higher level than them on special teams. Can they do that? I don't know. I watched a lot of the the Jeremiah Gamel film. Uh, I think there are things that he does that are really nice. I like some of the the things that he does. I think he's a decent tackler. I think he he reads holes pretty well and is able to fill. Um, But I don't know if he's at the level of the other guys yet. I think he could be a developmental guy that years could be excited about in the future. So we'll see. Maybe he'll land on the practice squad, end up with the big squad at some point. Uh, Because I think I would like to see what he can do in the league. I think he's one of the guys they definitely value. They wanted to bring him in because they definitely prioritize him, giving him $70,000 for a signing bonus. Uh, So I do think that they want to bring him in and see what he can do, or $10,000 for a signing bonus, uh, $70,000 for a salary. But uh, we'll see how he develops. And now we're getting to cornerbacks. Uh, You thought defensive line was going to be one heck of a conversation. Cornerbacks uh, could be a really, really huge conversation because there are some guys that are young. There are some guys that are older more seasoned veterans, and there's just some really good football players that are on this list. And I want to read who makes the team from Eric Branch, and then go over one of the most shocking things that I did not expect to see. So first off, making the team, Charverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, Ombry Thomas, Diometer Lenore, Samuel Womack, and Dante Johnson. What name did you just not hear? Ward, Mosley, Thomas, Lenore, Womack, Dante Johnson. That's right. He cut Jason Verrett. I was completely shocked after hearing everything that we've heard from Kyle Shanahan, what we heard from John Lynch about Jason Verrett. I was was shocked. I could not believe that Eric Branch has the 49ers cutting Jason Verrett. If you told me Jason Verrett wasn't going to be healthy... Uh, that he was going to be on the IR, that he wasn't going to be able to fo- perform, uh, something like that, I think that I could believe you. I would understand. But if, if he's healthy, pure skill level, I just don't think so. I just don't think there's any situation in which Jason Verrett, uh gets beat uh, because of his abilities to play the cornerback position. He's one of the best that's, that can do it. Oh, and Mr. Corey says, Lenore is not making this team, neither is Verrett. Uh, we will disagree for sure on Verrett. And then as we go through this, I'll let you know if I, I agree with you uh, about Lenore. And that's the question, JL. Will JV be healthy? And we know that you know Kyle Shanahan discussed uh, Jason Verrett being back in the facility. And the main thing was just making sure he was willing to come back. And he was. you know. And it's been tough on him. I'm sure it's really tough. And I think he's one injury away from retiring. I really do. I, I can't believe he's came back from so many so far. That just shows his passion and love for the game which means I'm not going to count him out because the passion and love to come back and play for a limited amount of money, knowing full well, you could get hurt again. I I think that this is something we're just going to have to, to really, to really look at and and focus on. But I think for not only can, can make this roster. I think he can start, you know, I really do. I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, We know Charvarius Ward is for sure. Making this team. We know Emmanuel Mosley is for sure. Making this team. We know Omri Thomas is for sure making these team. I think those those four guys are for sure. And then after that, we have a really conversation. And JL is saying uh, at the nickel, uh, Denard at the nickel. We'll see. Um, that could be. I mean, that that's one of the things, right, that Fred Warner kind of said is that Darquez Denard was potentially the starting nickel. But he said, I don't know. You know, what do I know? I'm just a player. I'm not a coach. I think that was a little insight. You know, and then you had Kyle Shanahan talking about week 18 and the fact that, Denard came in for practice. It wasn't somebody that he was really uh, familiar with, but when he saw him out there, after all the guys had COVID, you know, including Dante Johnson and uh, k1 Williams, that he was going to play the nickel and they were okay rolling with Darquez Denard in the nickel situation. So I think that's that's one of the things to keep in mind. Of course, Denard gets cut by Branch. Uh, Tariq Castro-Fields gets cut. Kadar Holloman and Quantrez Knight are guys that, uh, Eric Branch has the 49ers cutting. One of the questions I have, uh, first off, is Diameter Lenore. And, and we've seen that kind of, uh, Mr. Corey said, Diometer Lenore is not making this team. I think Diameter Lenore uh, might be on the bubble. And I think Dante Johnson is too. Uh, even though Dante Johnson has showed a lot of versatility in this league, I don't think it's a guarantee that he makes this team. Uh, Denard was a legit first-round pick. He has a lot of ability and physical traits that I'm sure the Niners are going to like. You do like the fact that Dante Johnson can play a multitude of positions. He can play in the nickel. He can play outside. I don't know if you want him to play outside a lot, but he could do it in a pinch. And then he showed last year against the Rams that he can play safety. So those are some things you like about Dante Johnson, that versatility. So... I think Dante Johnson and Dark and art. I think only one of them will make the roster. So if you're going with Dante Johnson, then Denard's not making the roster. If you're going with Denard, then Dante, you know, then Dante Johnson ain't making it and vice versa. Um, so I think either way, one of those guys makes the team. Now, the question is going to be when it comes to uh, a Lenore and Samuel Womack, I think they're in a real competition. And the fact both were fifth round picks means they don't have one guy valued over the other guy. So we'll see what happens. But I think some really good football player is going to get cut. One of these cornerbacks are potentially going to play for another team or be on the practice squad. Um, I think if I was going through this right now, uh, I, I'm not a, as huge a fan as as a lot of people are on Samuel Womack. But I think right now, because Womack is the rookie, potentially he has a chance to unseat Diometer Lenore. So maybe they would go with Samuel Womack there, I and mean, then Darquez Denard would uh, would potentially make it. But I'm going to go ahead and say that right now, my belief would it be Ward, Mosley, Thomas, Barrett, Womack. Um, yeah, Thomas, Womack, and I guess Denard. I'm, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with six guys. Uh, so that's, that's what I would say. Uh, David Campbell says, I would say that Dante Johnson is the only sure thing. We do know Dante Johnson is going to be affiliated with the 49ers in some way. He will either be on the 49ers 53-man roster or he will be hovering around the practice squad. The 49ers have consistently brought him back and brought him on. Uh, Yeah, exactly, Lou. Wow, too much talent at DB. Shocking. That's one of the flips and the changes from last year where we went into the season where we had Verrett, we had Mosley, and then a tremendous amount of questions behind them. And it didn't feel, no 49er fan, I think, really felt comfortable With that situation of the 49ers, uh, you know, having those guys in the cornerback room. And so I think that right now, you know, the, the, the Niners are sitting in a a pretty good situation and they're going to cut some really good football players, unfortunately. And I, I, I don't really like that. They're going to be cutting some really good football players, um, but they are. So uh, that's going to be an interesting room. And I, I don't think anyone has been wrong with who they're saying. We got a lot of, a lot of people going back and forth between different people in chat, saying they're going to make it all the way from, you know, Lenore being cut um, to, you know, different guys being able to start. And I think that, uh, you know, Mr. Corey uh, is, is saying that Brett is going to be gone. Potentially um, we'll see. Uh, and then Lou says the wards more and Verrett. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, that, that sounds pretty good. And, and Garish is saying defensive turnovers key on th- and third downs. Yeah. Getting off the field on third down is definitely a key. We know the turnovers are big because they change the momentum of the game and they stopped the offense dead in their tracks. Uh but I think when it comes down to it, you you also got to remember that it is about third down stops. Getting off the field on third down could be more the most important thing. Uh every time that the 49ers held a opposing team, you know, to a low third down conversion rate, uh they primarily won that game. So it is something to remember when it comes to the 49ers is getting off the field is definitely very important. Um so I'm 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 excited about that potential because the flexibility that these defensive backs give you these cornerbacks give you um the ability to go ahead and and play a variety of different coverages and that's one of the things that you're afforded if verrett mosley and travarious ward are your three cornerbacks if those are the three guys and one of them is playing the nickel then you can run you can run zone you can run man you can do it all you can switch zone you can match zone you can do whatever you want to do all these guys can do everything that you ask as long as Verrett is healthy if not then you're going to have a little bit of a different question in the nickel. You know, is it going to be Darquez-Denard? Will it be one of the young guys, like Lenore or Womack? I don't know for sure. And, and that's one of the things you have to wait and see. If Red's healthy, I think it definitely unlocks the potential of this defensive back group, and it gives D'Amico Rhines a lot of ways uh, to get after it. And Ronnie Motoya says, did we already talk about O'Neal? No, we haven't. We have not got to the safeties yet. Uh, so we will be getting there here pretty soon. Uh, Mr. Corey says, I say Verrett is gone because I don't think he's going to be healthy, not because of rookie or second year guy beating him out. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if that's what it is, and it's because of injury, then you know, he, he could be gone. And I'm really hoping he's gonna be healthy. I'm I'm a big fan of Jason Verrett and the way that he goes about business. He's a guy that unfortunately has suffered way too many injuries, you know, and it looked like he had finally got back, he got his footing underneath him, he played the entire 2020 season and was able to stay healthy. And then 2021 came and it was supposed to be a breakout year you know the reemergence of jason verrett getting his career back on course and then he suffers the injury in week one against detroit yeah absolutely unfortunate so i'm really rooting for this guy to come back and i think we all know a healthy jason Verrett definitely helps the 49ers football team so having him out there is is very good for the 49ers they need that uh it's important so hopefully jason Verrett can be healthy and now we're getting to the safety position so Safety position here, we got, um, this is from Eric Branch. We got Jimmy Ward. We got Talano Ufonga. We got Tarverius Moore. We got George Odom. Those are the ones he went with. He went with the four names that everyone knows. Cutting Leon O'Neal, the undrafted free agent that Ronnie was just asking about. And Taylor Hawkins, the undrafted free agent from San Diego State. Um, so right there, he just kind of went status quo, right? He went with the guys that have the most uh, information about and the guys you know that are the most likely all with NFL experience. We know Jimmy Ward's the mainstay, and he's going to be the the guy that can get it done at the at the safety position with a lot of flexibility and versatility to play uh, in the dime situations, covering receivers in the slot. And I think Jimmy Ward uh, gives you a lot of opportunities because of his versatility, the things that he can do. He can do it all. He can play in man coverage. He can go man lock up a tight end. You know, you can put him in the slot, and he can go compete with Cooper Cup. Uh, even if Cup beats him, his coverage is right on. You know, he's he's on that guy. Um, So I think that Jimmy Ward is definitely somebody the Niners need on this football team. And he's a big reason why, even though the safety position, there's not a clear cut starter opposite of him. You feel comfortable with the fact the safety position is going to do okay. Uh, And then you got Talonohufanga, you know, Talonohufanga coming into his second year. The biggest questions surrounding Talonohufanga is, is he ready to start? Is he ready to be that guy? And Mr. Cors is outside of Jimmy Ward, the safety room stinks. Please resign Tart after Garoppolo gets traded. Um uh, that's it. no Funga. I don't I'm not gonna say Talonou uh stinks, Mr. Corey. Um I don't think any of these guys stink, but I think there are some interesting things that go there. Um and then you you said Ant, was Warner a former safety? Yeah, he was. He played some safety at BYU. Um so that's true. And then um with the Talono it's all questions about his potential in the the you know, playing the deep third. It questions about him in coverage because there were some spots and times where he was highlighted, you know, where he looked a little bit uh, like he struggled with what he was seeing and what he was doing. And so I worry about him in coverage a little bit now. But that's one thing is remembering what he was doing last year and what he'll do this year could be completely different. So I think Talon Hufanga could show rapid improvement. He could be one of those guys that's ready to step up and take over. Um, but we'll see. And I've, I've heard other people think it's going to be Hufanga. I think if the coverage thing gets figured out, it could be. He's got the physicality. He's got the ability to play in the box. Um, The question, top-end speed, not so sure about that. But we'll see what happens with Lufonga. The one thing I will say, also, even though he's good in the box, he's not as good in run fits right now as Jaquisky Tart. Jaquisky Tart's understanding of where he's supposed to be, being able to set the edge when it's asked of him and be able to fill the holes uh, that he's supposed to, He's fantastic at it. And and that's one of the things that Tao Nufonga is going to be striving to do is get better in that area. And if he can get better in the run fits, he's going to be hard to pull off the field in certain situations. So I think he can definitely make it so the four yards want to have him on the field. And then Chat's talking about Tarverius Moore. Uh, Mr. Corey says Tarverius Moore can't cover, Hufonga can't cover, Odom can't cover. Um, so not very high on these guys as coverage guys. We do know Tarvarius Moore struggled a little bit in 2020 with coverage compared to, uh, Ja Tart. Tart is a good football player though. So the fact that he wasn't as good as him in his first year starting is understandable. Now the question will be though, we haven't seen Tarvarius Moore play in D'Amico Ryan's defense yet. We've seen Tarvarius Moore play for Robert Sulla and what Robert Sulla wanted to do in his, you know, in his more base cover three defense but Tarverius Moore and the versatility that he displays being used by Demico Ryan's, we haven't got to witness. So that could be something to keep an eye on. And it could be exciting if he's able to go up into the box, able to cover these receivers in the, in the slot as well. You might have a lot of versatility be, between him and Jimmy Ward. And at times in 2020, that versatility between the two, not knowing who was, you know, who was going to play deep, who was going to play up the switching, which we see from uh, Ward and and Tart now is something they started kind of flirting with in 2020. So uh, that could be something Tarvarius Moore brings to this defense. So I'm excited about seeing what he can do. And if he can improve those coverage skills, because they did try to move him to corner for a while, I-, I think that he would be a nice option opposite of Jimmy Ward. Uh, but there's no guys that are, you're just dead set, you know, for sure. Um, so so we'll see what happens there. And F4NRFoge says, oh, O'Neal looks good on film. Um, yeah, I think when it comes down to it, when, it, when it's looking at O'Neill. Uh, O'Neal is one of those guys that, you know, he has some stiff hips. Uh, Leon O'Neal is an absolute thumper. He can hit you. Uh, He likes to fill. He likes to come up and play in the box. Uh, He's a physical freak. I mean, he really is. He's got a lot of ability. My questions for him are coverage. You know, can he be able to flip his hips and run, you know, with one of these big tight ends or one of these wide receivers in the league? I worry about that a little bit. So I think that's where Leon O'Neal is going to have to struggle a little bit to make this team. Um. So so we'll see. We'll see what Leon O'Neal does, does there. I don't dislike the player. I, I think that he's going to have to go out there and, and build it up. And, in fact, I like Taylor Hawkins from San Diego State. I like the things that he does. In fact, I'm higher on Taylor Hawkins than I am on Leon O'Neal. And I may be the only one, and that's okay. Uh, from what I saw on film, uh, Taylor Hawkins looks like a guy that can go out there and compete in this league. And I'm not saying he's going to make this roster, but I think he's going to go out there and impress some people. And I'm really hoping that he does because – uh, I've seen the ability to play in the box and some of the ability to play you know, the, the deep half of the field, and he looked pretty good, and he's a good tackler. So we'll see if Taylor Hawkins can surprise anyone uh, you know, in that area and, and make the safety room uh, a little bit more complicated. Uh, JL says, on this defense, what do you expect from strong safety position? Uh, Ant, Corey, um, I think from the strong safety position, I think that the way that the 49ers are trending right now, you're looking for a safety that can do similar things to what Jimmy Ward does. I think you're looking now for the way the league is going with all the wide receivers and all the skilled players that tied in. The old days of the strong safety position per se need to somewhat go away because that now they're tasked with so, many, so much more. The strong safety before used to, you know, lay people out over the middle of the field, come up in the box and help against the run when you brought eight guys in the box. Like it was a different ask of those players. Now they're asking these guys to be able to go up and cover someone in the dime or to go ahead and take away a tight end. There is a lot of things, you know, these guys have to do uh, that is a little bit more complicated now. And I think that that's just a trend of the league as the league continues to get more athletic, more skilled at these skilled uh, plate uh, positions. These safeties are going to have to get better as well. And they're having to develop covered skills. That's why Jimmy Ward is one of these, um, you know, new age safeties. And I think Tart is doing that at a pretty high level um, he, he's pretty good. So I, 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 like what Tart does and I'm not against what Mr. Corey said earlier about bringing Tart back. I would love that for competition in this room. Cause you see, we have those four guys right now. And then you have the two undrafted free agents in O'Neill and Hawkins. Uh, so potentially that that's something, um, I, I do agree with Mr. Corey is uh, Mr. Corey says if Tart isn't resigned Tavares more will start at strong safety, the mixing in. That's how I think it goes too. And I think if Tart isn't resigned, that's how it is. Tarverius Moore starts, and then you're going to see Hufanga mixing in and splitting some snaps uh, with more, depending on what situation they're in and what offense you're going against. And I, I think that's kind of how the 49ers are going to handle that safety position uh, this year. And then, of course, with George Odom, you know, George Odom is a guy that plays well in the box again, but George Odom's calling card is special teams. He's a fantastic special teams player, just like Talon and Hufanga. Those guys add so much in the special teams area that the 49 yards had a, a concerted effort to improve their special teams room, and they did it. We talked about Oren Burks earlier at the linebacker position, of course, bringing back Demetrius and Fowles, both huge special teams players, but then also George Odom. And the 49ers are definitely making sure that third of the game is better than it has, has been in the recent years. And that's really going to help this team. And Garish says, when offense goes into max protection is where the 49ers struggle defensively. We can't rely on front four and need to cre- find uh, creative blitzing like corner blitz. Yeah, they often did. When, when they went max protect, they often did bring a nickel corner. Uh, but really what it comes down to is you're looking for situations, Grish, where um, you can catch them in in good situations uh, to bring a blitz where it's not going to be known. If, if You want to catch them in non-max protect situations. Uh, when they're in a max protect situation, it's not always the best to bring a blitz. Sometimes that's the best time to drop eight and play coverage that means they kept extra guys in they don't have receivers to go out your eight guys can absolutely blanket those three receivers or two receivers that are in uh routes Uh, so when they max protect it's not always the best time to bring blitz sometimes that's the time to play coverage and that's one of the 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 games that's going into it that's the offensive coordinator versus the defensive coordinator you're trying to max protect when they bring a blitz, so that way you can take advantage of a big play down the field because every time you blitz, you leave an area of the field weak uh, where they can exploit. So you have to make sure you're doing it at the right times. Blitzes are dangerous. I do like the way that D'Amico Ryan does it. He's aggressive. He forces the hand. He, do- he dictates tempo. He dictates what the offensive coordinator is going to do. I love that, and I love that aggressiveness. But you have to make sure you're really smart about when you handle these blitzes. You bring the blitz off the wrong side, they're able to max protect and then get the ball downfield in a one-on-one situation. And you might find yourself giving up six points because you were trying to be overly aggressive. And I think D'Amico handles it very well. um, But understanding when guys are going to do stuff and tendencies of an offensive coordinator are very important. And a max protect situation is a great time to play coverage because you can just sit there and, you, I'm sorry, those two guys are or two or three guys are not getting open against the eight defensive backs you just dropped into coverage. Um, Mr. Corses, maybe more will be better at strong safety than free safety. Yeah, I mean, that 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 could be. And, you know, he did play opposite of Jimmy Ward. If you go back to any of the 2020 season, you could see those two playing together. And there was uh, some chemistry and, and you could see the versatility that they are being used with. But Robert Sala really didn't go in too much of using those guys the way that D'Amico Ryan's used Tart and Ward this year. Maybe they would go back to that. So we'll see. Uh, Ronnie Montoya says the front line will have quarterbacks uh, on their back before they say, before the hike back in, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in a in, that's what you're hoping, right? That this front four can get after it. The thing is, is what the 49ers did was they saw that last year at times uh, when they rushed four, and the other team was able to max protect. There were situations in which they couldn't get the ball uh, out of the quarterback's hand in time. And he had more time than enough to get rid of the football. So it has to be kind of a give and take. So what they did is winning and got the back-end guys uh, to go with it now. And, and that's what you're saying. It's good to go on the coverage. Uh, the back-end guys, Ronnie, are so much better, right? Charvarius Ward. We saw the way that uh, uh, Mosley played last year. I mean, M- Mosley played fantastic last year. Didn't give up any touchdowns. Had his best like, uh, season overall. And now you're rolling that back in with Ward, who is a huge improvement. So now the back end can hold up. That's why the questions of the safety position are so interesting, because if the safety position can hold up, then, then you're looking really good in that back end. And now that gives your, your defensive line even more time to get to the quarterback, which means more potential sacks. That's something more indicative of what you saw in 2011. Uh, that year that, you know, with, with Jim Harbaugh and that team, they, they had the front line to get after it, but when they didn't, that defensive backfield held up. Uh, Goldson, Hittner, uh, you know, those guys were really good. So that's what Carlos Rogers. I mean, they're they really good, and they were able to hold it up. Uh, Paul says, you're right, Ant. D'Amico uh, did a good job of disguising and choosing his times last year to blitz. Yeah, he does. And the way that he sets it up by disguising coverages and then overloading certain sides when you didn't see it coming, he'll show blitz to one side. And then late, it'll bail, and the blitz will come from the other side. And I saw it a lot with Jimmy Ward, him coming all the way from the safety position and showing tremendously late. When you show late, it doesn't give the offensive line or the quarterback the opportunity to sh- change protection. And then all of a sudden, here he comes, and the guy comes free. In the playoffs, there was one uh, play in particular where they ru- they ended up blitzing three, and I believe it was Greenlaw that got home. But they brought Ward. They brought K1 Williams. It was a fantastic uh, move. And that's the thing. Creative blitzes, uh, these shell coverages that give these quarterbacks the confidence that they think they're seeing a one thing and then it becomes something else is something he did a really good job at. Uh, Donald Johnson says, Niners don't blitz like other teams. They like to get pressure with the front four, which they are good at. Yeah, exactly. That That is true. And what's up, Tommy? Welcome to chat. Uh, they do like to get it with the front four if possible. Now, the one thing we did see was that D'Amico did it more than Robert Sala. And I think that if you're dialing it up the right way, you can do that. And D'Amico's uh, nature coming from that three, four defense uh, playing for some of the defensive coordinators he's played for. He likes to get after it and dictate, you know, what is going to happen. He doesn't want you to always know what's what to expect. And that keeps the offensive coordinators on their toes and off balance. And if you can do that, then you have the opportunity to get off the field. We saw early on in the season, he tried to go man coverage across the board. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. As he started struggling with the the different cornerbacks as they got, you know, deeper and deeper uh, into the group. Then he knew he needed to play off a little bit more, and he didn't go to those man situations. So he's very smart and able to understand what his personnel can do and then putting them in the right situations to be successful. That's what it is about being a coach. It's putting your guys in the right you know, right situation to be successful and taking advantage of their skill sets. If you can do that, um, you can really do a good job in this league, but uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard for coaching and, and these guys are really smart. All of them, all the coaches in the NFL are really good coaches. Uh, Donaldson says the front four will be better this year as long as they stay healthy. I agree with that. You're going to have the understanding of what Eric Armstead is going to be doing on the inside already. And then you're going to have Javon Kinlaw, if he's healthy, being able to do the things that he can do. I mean, he's a big physical man, but he has legit pass rushing skills and techniques. He's a guy that's going to be a force on the interior. Uh, And I think that he's not going to play all three downs and there'll be times he does. But he's an absolute run stopper as well. And the fact is, you're going to create more third and longs, and if you create more third and longs, then this, you know, defense is going to be able to get after it on on, uh, on third down, and you're going to be able to bring in a Kamoko Teray to rush off the outside and slide Ebikam in, or you know, to bring in young rookie guys that can get it done like Drake Jackson. So there's going to be a lot of ability and a lot of a lot of opportunities for the 49ers to be able to get after. So yeah, I like that. Uh, and then Paul says, "Complementary football, as it applies to different areas of our defense, could be a blast this year." Complementary football is what it's all about. All three phases working together to win football games. And the 49 have done a really good job of focusing on all three phases this year. And they went to try to improve all three phases, including special teams. And some of their signings weren't sexy. They weren't moves that people liked too much, you know, but they went out and got a Ray Ray McLeod that can help as a return guy. They went out and got an Orin Burks that's going to be a great special teams player, or George Odom, or bringing back Flanagan Fowles. These were solid moves, and even some of the moves they made with undrafted free agents, you can see a little bit of the special teams and what they did, so it's a concerted effort to get better in all three areas, and if you do get better in all three areas, you would think you're going to win more football games, so I, I do really like that. Mr. Corey says, if Tart and Alex Mack return, this is a Super Bowl contender, if neither returns, I don't know. Uh, if they both return, you're right. I mean, uh, what's up, p uh, there there is a, a good opportunity for this team and um, you know I know some of the some of the talk today was uh, things that Chris Forrester uh, was saying about um, this, about the Aaron banks you know talking about Aaron banks and what he could be so I, I think that right now the 49ers have a lot of a, a lot of ability on both sides of the ball and you're right though if Tard and Alex Mack come back you have a lot less questions. The Alex Mack one is huge and I know this is this is a defensive episode but Alex Mack coming back would definitely stabilize that offensive line. And I feel like the offensive line could not only um, end up making up for the guys that they've lost, but actually end up exceeding that, because I think they have a lot of really good, uh, talented players. But I think that all gets thrown into a state of flux in, in uh, year one of this you know, new line lineman room uh, if Alex Mack isn't there, because then Daniel Brunskill moves. uh, just gets a little bit more complicated. Ronnie Montoya says, I just hope this year's defense tackles Inbounds, instead of letting teams often stop the clock so much, uh, you know that was a that was a little bit interesting, a little bit interesting last year. You know some of the things with Detroit, some of the way they were playing defense, letting guys get out of bounds, it, it wasn't the best, you know. And you've seen a a team and a defense that grew throughout the year, you know, whether it was D'Amico Ryan's growing and understanding what he was doing, um, or the 49ers offense continually adjusting to make sure they try to keep their defense off the field. It was a concerted effort to work together. So were there things and and learning experiences for a young defensive coordinator? Absolutely. Did D'Amico Ryans get so much better during the year? Yeah. And you know who else got better during the year? A lot of these defensive players. Uh, Samson Nebuchadnezzar got better during the year. Eric Armstead helped this defensive interior defensive line get better uh, during the year. I believe it's scary, but Nick Bosa got better. Uh, And then he's Al Shire got better. Those things, Al Shire being able to play, you know, in Trey Greenlaw's uh, spot, when Greenlaw was out, he got all those key reps. And I know he ended up getting hurt, um, but he played a lot of significant snaps and had to do a lot of things in coverage, not just playing, you know, the run. And I think that's important. Uh, so I did think they got better in a lot of areas, and Ombry Thomas getting key reps is is definitely important. So this defensive line got better throughout the year, including D'Amico Rhines. And I think D'Amico Rhines is just going to be almost unstoppable this year because he's going to have a firm understanding of what this defensive. Uh, play, his defensive personnel can do. And then now he's going to have an understanding of how offensive coordinators uh, work. I'm sure he had a decent understanding already, but now he's going to have even a better understanding because he's win against, especially the guys in the NFC West. He's won against them before. Uh, Mr. Corey says, I'm excited for banks more than Ken law this season. I'm excited for both. Uh, I will say that. And I, I know banks, uh, we have absolutely no idea what he can do. At least Ken law played in his rookie season and we got to see his, you know, some of his potential with Banks, we didn't get to see him. I mean, he was learning. I love the positive things that are coming out about him, uh, but but I like that. So, P. Mur says I'm excited for more Ken Long-Grant Cone interactions. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know they squashed that, apparently, so they're working on that. I'm not going to really get into any of that stuff, um, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to Kinlaw interacting with a lot of opposing offensive linemen. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to him getting in there and taking advantage of some of these interior offensive linemen and pushing them back and walking them back into the quarterback. That's what I want from Kinlaw. I want a big season. You know, I mean, I I want him out there just uh, gobbling up squirrels and getting it done. And I, I think he's got the potential to be something spectacular. And the fact that Armstead's going to be playing next to him means uh, this is the best defensive player he's played next to. You know, and, and that's, that's going to be something big for Kinlaw. Playing next to Eric Armstead, he's going to see one-on-one situations. And when they do double-team, he's got to hold the line. And if him and Armstead can hold the line against these double-team situations, then they're going to be able to stop the run. So I'm really excited about the potential of those two guys on the interior and also the rotation you're going to have behind them. Uh, so the rotation behind them is going to be good as well with, you know, Ridgeway and, and Givens and Maurice Hurst. Uh, it's exciting. I mean, there, this is, that's one of the things about this defense And about the 49ers team overall is how exciting it is. We went over the offense already, you know, and now the defense. And uh, I think when you're looking at it, every single one of these positions, it's like there's a position battle. Now there were some that were a little bit easier than others to figure out, including, you know, the linebacker position. Uh, And David Green from Facebook says, "I'm, I'm most excited about our defensive back depth. It's got me really excited for the season. Yeah, the cornerback room is spectacular. It really is. You know, and I, I think that we had so many questions about corners last year. And now that that's been answered, I feel so good. The fact that we're going to have the defensive line that we're going to have, because, I mean, these guys are 12, 13 players deep. And then you have the, the back end to go with it now, because Tarverius Ward wasn't on this team last year. Tarverius Ward is a very good football player. He's somebody you can line up on, you know, the best player, and, and he can go get it done. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about the, the potential of this secondary and for sure, I, I love what you just said, to David. I'm, I'm there with you. That's what gets me excited as well. Having the the front the front line to go with that back end, uh, let's get after it. Let's get after it. Uh, Anthony says, "Do you think Kinlaw is going to be suspended? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know if Kinlaw is going to be suspended. I, I'm sure that you know everyone's aware of it. I'm sure you know he's told was was talked to about the situation overall." um and i'm sure that they're going to work on it you know and that's one of the things the pr department will get with him and, and talk about you know dealing with the reporters and and what you know what he he should do in those situations before it's a good learning experience for everyone that's involved you know everyone involved in this situation can learn something including all of us that seen it happen and i think that that's one of the things you just take from it and then you you learn from it and you move on um so i don't know if he's going to be suspended i we'll see what happens if the league suspends him or the 49ers do um, and if they do, then then we'll move forward with, you know, whatever those consequences are, if there are consequences, um, you know, but there you go. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of players are coming out in support of, of Kinlaw. And I don't think, you know, I've seen a lot of criticism on, on those players as far as, you know, as far as, you know, backing up what Kinlaw did. But I don't think it's as much of what Ken Law did and as much of what Kinlaw was trying to say. Um, but that's all I'm going to, I'm not going to really go into that. I don't really like talking about all that stuff too much. Uh, in this forum because I like talking about the 49ers football uh, and that doesn't really affect on the field too much. Uh, if he gets suspended, then it'll affect on the field and that's when we'll have the conversation. Um, Jay Lee says Kinlaw hate is strong out there. It could be, you know, I mean, that, that's something that definitely um, could be going on. Uh, I, I went onto Twitter a little bit and saw some of it and uh, decided to just, you know, move on and, and get onto 49ers conversation because uh, that's what I'm excited about. Uh, Mr. Corey says Ward was one of the one who picked off Brady in the AFC Championship game to send them to the Super Bowl until D Ford said nope. Yeah, and you know what's great? Uh Mr. Corey, I don't know if you uh have you probably didn't, but uh slightly offsides that we do. I've been doing a show in this uh with Horst. Uh, we did one episode so far, and I used the D Ford uh call in there. He's they they, they told me I was lined up off sides. Was I? I I use that in it. It's it's one of those I feel for D Ford in that situation. Uh that's tough because that game was that game was over. Kansas City was potentially going or Kansas City was going to the Super Bowl and then Tom Brady again. Tom Brady again. Um David Green says there was mistakes on both sides. No one should get on any trouble though. Uh, okay, there you go. Hey, you know what? And I have no problem with that. Um let's see. Donald Johnson says JL, the only player I think Grant likes is Ross. Uh don't know. I don't know that for sure. Uh P Mercer's Sarvarius Ward is gonna be a beast. Yeah, I like that. Uh so I mean, like I said, you guys, you guys can fill up chat with your what your feelings are about, you know, the kinlaw grant situation. Uh, go ahead and do that. You guys want to have that conversation, that's fine. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to talk about that situation anymore because uh, I just want to talk about the 49ers football team. You know what I mean? And to me, that's kind of a something that happened between uh, two. Adults that doesn't really have an effect on the team unless Kenlaw gets suspended, uh, and then I will have you know a conversation about it. But uh, right now in this forum, um, I'm I'm not going to go into that. Um, but I'm excited about Javon Kenlaw's potential to play for the 49ers this year, you know, and what he could do on that defensive line. And I think as a player, he's a, he's a, he's could be a good football player for them. And I, I want to see him do a really good job. I want to see him uh, go in there and and have a really big season. And with the defensive line the 49ers have there's definitely that potential to do so. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a couple more questions, and then uh, then I'm going to get out of here. I've had a really good conversation with all of you talking about the 49ers, 53-man roster on defense. And tomorrow we're going to get into the 49ers news, you know, what's been going on. Uh, there's potentially some stuff going around about Alex Mack. Uh, there's, there's some stuff going on about, um, you know, what the offensive lines look like at OTAs. So we can have a conversation about that. Uh, so, so that'll be exciting. And, uh, Twisted Clown said, don't worry, aunt, we ain't testing you with these lands. I know you guys are just having a conversation and that's fine. Twisted Clown. I, I really don't mind. You guys can talk about it. Um, and, and, and that's okay. And I, you know, I mean, opinions aside, you know, I, I'm just a football guy. I just love talking about that, but I get it. I mean, I know what's going on in 49ers land. Uh, it's been a big deal, you know, right now. And, uh, but I appreciate you going ahead and, and saying that. Uh, and Tommy says, Brandon Ayuk is going to have 1500 yards. If Brandon has fifteen hundred yards, wow, he's on the scene. And then how are the Forty ers going to pay him? And then then the conversation really gets going, right? Because if they pay Debo Samuel, wow, um, yeah, I don't know. And Anthony says, with the new big running backs, do you think that the running game is going to be like the two thousand twelve hardball running game? I, I think to a point. I, I understand what you're saying. The physicality, being able to bring it, you know, with Frank Gore and that aggressive running style, uh, you know it, that is a, that is a point that could happen. The one element that's a little bit different between it. number one, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, uh, ran a different style of offense, but number two, uh, Colin Kaepernick was spectacular with the ball in his hands and running the read option so much out of the pistol at Nevada. He definitely brought that part of the game to the NFL. And I think that's a little bit different, um, from what you saw from, you know, Trey Lance. I don't think Trey Lance is, is a Colin Kaepernick kind of runner in the run game. I think he's more of a, a, a quarterback as far as all well-rounded. Uh, so being able to get the, the ball out, uh, I like it. So I, I think that there could be some elements of that 2012 run game. I do think the Four ers are putting forth an effort to be a power run team. I think that's what they're going to do with these big running backs. And they run a lot of gap schemes, so it makes a lot of sense. Um, And then Ronnie says, Who, who's your dark horse underrated guy to make the D team? Um, I think, oh, that's a good question. I'm going to kind of look at this a little bit. Um, a dark horse to make it. Well, we know that if Kalia Davis is cleared, he potentially can make this team. If he doesn't start on the pup list, I think that is one for sure. Um, and then as far as uh, the cornerback position, um, let's see if there's anyone there. I mean, Tariq Castro Fields could potentially make it, even though I don't see it. Um, I don't know. I mean, dark horse to make it. I don't think there's a dark horse to make the defensive side of the football. Um, I, I, I really don't. I think this is pretty much... Pretty clear, minus Kalia Davis. Uh, Kalia Davis is the guy, so maybe that happens. Um, let's see. Mr. Core says, who are you most excited for on defense this season, Ebicom or Aziz Shire for me? Um, I'm excited for uh, a few players, but I'm excited to see the secondary with Charvarius Ward. Uh, I know Charvarius Ward is a really good football player, but him playing in Kansas City, I didn't see like a ton of his games. I did watch a little bit of it. But I'm excited to see what this 49ers defense is going to look like with Ward being able to potentially lock down one side of the football. If he can, and they can give safety help over the top on the other side if they need to, which with Emmanuel Mosley, you don't always have to. Uh, I'm kind of excited for that. Uh, and he said, who is comparing Cap to Lance? I don't think anyone was doing it. I was more so giving uh, JLE my opinion on the 2012 offense that was led by Colin Kaepernick and that run game, because we we're talking about the run game of 2012 uh, compared to this one. And I was just talking about cap to Lance as far as running style is different. So I don't think they're going to employ that similar run game because Kaepernick was so important for that 2012 run, whether it was LeMichael James or it was Frank Gore, they had to worry about cap running the ball. So I'll just making that comparison uh, only for that mere fact, because a lot of times people see Lance as a running quarterback and I'm, I'm kind of not seeing that then. Uh, so uh, that's what I'm going with. Uh, who is the most underrated linebacker named in general? Um, on, on the list currently for the linebackers, I think it's, I think it's gotta be, um, Jeremiah Gamel, the, the, the undrafted guy, because the other guys are pretty well known, right? I think Oren Burks is going to be able to make this team and Demetrius Flatton get fouls. Uh, but Jeremiah Gamel is probably the guy that no one really knows about. Um, so, so we'll see. And, uh, I, I think that with the linebacker room, those five guys are pretty clear, but if there's an injury, then the question is who makes this team because Curtis Robinson could also make this team as a fifth linebacker. Uh, let's see what we got going here. Uh, Lou says, "Ant, do you think Ken law rush from the nose? Um, yeah, I think he can. I saw him, you know, play the nose tackle position in South Carolina. It didn't look like his most natural position. It's a position that you wanted to see him, you know, be able to, uh, move to the three tech and the 49ers did move him to the three tech initially, but now he's going to go back to the nose tackle position. Uh, can he do that? Yeah, he can. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Corey says you missed the KC Dallas game Ant ward blanketed cd lamb you know i probably didn't watch that game to be honest mr Corey. i probably didn't um there there's a, a lot of times uh there's, there's a lot of times that you know i'm doing stuff for the podcast so if it's a game that happens after a 49er game i won't be able to uh there was other things i was recording so yeah potentially i do miss some of those football games I have to go back and watch them uh if dallas is playing it's not always my my the game i really want to watch to be honest. I'm not. I don't get excited about Dallas games, but um, I'll go back and watch that game just to watch Ward War Blanket C.D. Lamb. I think that would be excited to watch. Um, <laughs> Donald's calling uh, Paul a snitch. Uh, it's it's all good. It's all good. You guys. Uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. And yeah, you, I made the comparison. I'm not really worried about it. I wasn't mainly comparing that. They, I think they're similar players, but only that their running styles are different. So if you're employing, if you're talking about the 2012 uh run game looking like the current one, it, it, it's not going to because of Colin Kaepernick. Do I think that Trey Lance is going to freeze defensive players similarly? Yes, I do. And I think that's going to open some some cool holes. And with these big running backs, they're going to be able to break arm tackles early on and then be able to get some yardage. Uh, so that is definitely something uh, I'm excited about seeing. And Mr. Corey says, Ward picked off Dak Prescott in the end zone covering CeeDee Lamb. I like that. I really do. I like that. I like that a lot, in fact um so that that'll be something i'll go back and check out i'll go back and check out this game and and paul's having a good laugh yeah it's a lot of fun in chat right now everyone's having a good time um and i've had a really good time with this episode so uh, hopefully everyone will uh, join me tomorrow it's going to be A, Q&A, so you can bring all your questions and and we'll have a nice conversation we're getting into some of the news be talking about some of the things that have been going on and then of course you're going to want to catch this weekend slightly offsides. Uh, we're going to have a nice conversation. Me and Horse are going to be talking about uh, some of the things that are going on, and, and maybe we will talk a little bit about the Kinlaw thing, uh, but that's going to be over on Patreon, and uh, maybe I'll throw it over there for channel members as well uh, so you guys can see Episode 2 uh, slightly off sides. It's going to be a fun one. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it, but I'm really looking forward to tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Uh, come through, join me. It's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming through and, and leaving a lot of really, really cool uh, chats and, and asking a lot of good questions. I've enjoyed the conversation over the last two days. If we've talked about the players that could potentially make this 53 man roster. And I think the one thing we can agree on is that the the 49ers have a very, very talented 90 man roster and Jason Buller coming through at the end with remember the name Leon O'Neill jr. Uh, I like that. And I'm looking forward to seeing Leon O'Neill jr. At training camp. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, so I'll definitely keep a lookout on, on lookout for him. And, uh, and we'll see what he can do but I, that's what it's about if you're on this 90-man roster you have an opportunity you have an opportunity to make the make the team and that that's all you're really looking for so that concludes the 53-man roster conversation for this week unless you have questions tomorrow you know on the q a show go ahead and do that um but i hope everyone stays safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way